0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to episode 10 of season two of Man and the Musings podcast. Tonight, we are, you know, have our two old buddies from uh, college to grace us tonight. Uh, We have Vince and we also have Steve. Uh, Vince is the assistant general manager at Kannapolis Cannonballers. And then Steve is closer to Kevin and I up there in Hartford, Connecticut, as the director of ticket sales for those Hartford yard goats that everyone seems to know about these days. So guys, say hi, introduce yourselves and we'll kind of
1: kick it off.
2: Go ahead Vince, why don't you start, go ahead. All
1: right, no problem. Uh, Vince Marcucci, uh, 2014 graduate of West Virginia University, go Mountaineers. uh, And current assistant general
2: of the Kannapolis Cannonballers in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And I'm Steve Mickelson, uh Director of Ticket Sales at the Hartford Yardgoats, 2013 graduate. Uh, so I'm a little bit older than than Vince, so I have a seniority over him. Um, sport Management major with the, the rest of these guys here. And uh, yeah, cheers, beers, Mountaineers. Let's go. Not um, older. I just think graduated a year sooner. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He was supposed to
0: graduate with
2: us. Yeah. Uh, Doc, Judy, Doc probably it, held him back.
1: It wasn't it wasn't a victory
0: lap. I took a year off. Um I took a victory lap cuz I was supposed to graduate with Kevin and because yes. of transferring I had to take like English 101 my final year. I'm going, you guys didn't tell me this like when I transferred that I had to take this. That'd been great. <laughs> and that's like one of the worst classes
3: to like have to take your final year cuz that class is just all papers and I would have just
0: well, at that point, we had all been used to writing papers for Doc, so writing a paper for an English teacher was the easiest thing in the world.
2: Well, well you're over there. They're making you take English 101 in your senior year, telling you that's what you need to graduate. I'm over here taking scuba scuba class uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get my credits because I wanted, one, I wanted to learn how to scuba. Two, it sounded easy, which it wasn't. And three, I just wanted to have the title Scuba Steve. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're over there writing six page papers and I'm just, uh, in there trying to learn how to hold my breath underwater. Um, hey, I, I I'm hear you because
3: my, uh, my final semester, I didn't have enough credits to be an actual student there. So they're like, you need to go figure out something else to do. So I was like, all right, cool. I had an internship that covered two credits. And in my last two credits, I took a credit to learn how to play beginner badminton and I had played. Beginner basketball all around the rec center for my second half of the year. I was like, "This is perfect."
0: I wish I got to play one, go and do one of the sport classes and just play basketball the whole time. that have been fantastic.
1: I um, took billiards and frisbee, so I'm
2: right there with you. That West Virginia education. We're we're all having fun. Merit's over there pounding away an eight page <laughs> essay on American writers. <laughs> <restaurants. laughs>
0: it's okay. I, remember, I got three years of playing basketball against the girls, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> all right well as you can see all of us know each other very well there will be a lot of cracking of jokes a lot of s- reminiscing of college days for sure um but we're gonna jump right into that weekly sports update start off with probably the saddest note of the week um and i know kevin doesn't like when i start off with sad notes but kind of was he the biggest always thing the- does
3: this guys It like we went we had a first Three months of our us doing this, we had to talk about somebody, died, like And I'm like, guys, can we be a little happier? What? I can't. But this is actually, you know, serious. This is very, very important news. Like, so, yeah.
0: Mary, um, please continue. So, the man that, who you know, that was known as a pirate or the creator of the air raid for college football, Mike Leach, passed away, was it yesterday or two days ago from a heart condition at the age of 61. Um, Extremely sad for anyone that knows college football, and his coaching tree is a phenomenal coaching tree, from what I saw. And also, the cool part about all this is his team is still is still going to play in their bowl game for him. So that is pretty awesome. And they just named their their new head coach today. The defensive coordinator is now becoming the head coach. So shout out to him.
3: You know, all the prayers go out to Mississippi State because, you know, that's hard time to lose it. You know, you lose someone during the holidays and all know how everybody loved Mike Leach because he was certainly a character. So um we'll see what how they do with the bowl game and I'm sure we'll be keeping everybody
2: updated with that. Yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike Leach, when I think of, when I think of college football, he's, he's, when you're talking about coaches, I think of Nick Saban and and, and all the greats, Kirby Smart. And then you, I, I think of Mike Leach too. And, you know, towards the end of his um, career there, um, his shortened career, unfortunately uh, I'm actually going to take uh, something out of his playbook. And I don't know if you saw recently, the video of him taking the chairs on the sidelines and folding them up. Uh, um that might be. I take uh, with some of our sales reps if they're not making their numbers, I might start folding up their chairs and and throwing them to the side. So it's just his determination, his his drive. Um, that's uh, he, he's going to be remembered greatly, and uh, he, he's he's going to be a big loss to the college football world. hundred percent.
0: So on the happier news, Kevin, you shared this with me yesterday. The NBA has renamed five trophies so far. Um, we already renamed the Bill Russell Trophy and all that for the NBA Finals MVP. The regular MVP, Michael Jordan Trophy now. Um, this thing is ridiculous. It's 23.6 inches tall. The basketball has 23 corners on it. Five. It, the numbers are ridiculous. It's awesome. Wilt Chamberlain is the Rookie of the Year. Akeem Olajuwon is Defensive Player of the Year um george minkin is the most improved and then sixth man of the year is john havlicek which is fantastic and then another one i saw today is it like clutch shot and it's a jerry west award i think
3: it's the clutch award and they gave they put jerry west as his nickname with his clutch jumper so the guy in the middle of the statue is of like a Jerry Russ is
0: uh, shooting for him. Do you think they could have found somebody else since he's already the logo? Just
3: I mean I, what? I would have gone You're Reggie really...
4: Miller. Yeah. Clutch. He Ray Allen.
3: A... He didn't win a ring though. Well, Ray Allen did, <laughs> but I think um I think Jerry West you know, he's he's a big part of the league. You know, I think you know monumental for his play with the Lakers. I'm sure they want to give him some sort of nod because I mean, they've been pretty much renaming all of the different trophies. Like the All-Star game is now after Kobe. You know, the NBA Finals after Bill Russell. So, uh you know, I think this is a nice little touch to just remix the awards uh for they have been. So like I, I my favorite one is I like George Mikan's cuz they actually have the guy doing the like Mike in drill inside the trophy, which is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I think that was a really fun thing to see them do. And all of the ridiculous details for Michael, the MVP trophy, where it's like, I think the base is like six sided because of his six rings. Then it's like 23 point something for the average of when the year, when he won his first MVP, I was trying to find it, but there's.
0: It's fewer- five. It's a five corner, it's a Pentagon base. Yeah. So it's the five times he won the award. And then the plaque itself is six sided for the amount of times he won the, the NBA ranks. champion. And then everything else, and it weighs 23 pounds for his number. Everything emulates Michael Jordan in that trophy. So I really, really hope that Jason Tatum gets that and brings that home for the first time ever. It'd be great this year. So we'll, we'll see.
1: Mm-hmm. Joe, Joel Embiid's got that locked up. He got it stolen last year.
0: Joel Embiid ain't going to do shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't I love know, him. man. I
0: love Joel he, Embiid. He, but...
1: he might,
3: he might, he might make a case for himself, him this year. So we'll <laughs> I agree. See. I think it's, I think in the running, it's Embiid. It would be, I want to say Tatum. Those are the probably top two, and then I feel like you can always kind of throw Giannis in there just because. He has the bucks on lock and he's the reason they go. So they, they say they hand those out too.
0: They keep saying that Luca and Tatum are one and two, depending on the day. And then Embiid's like three. And then Giannis is like five or six because he's won it twice and everyone's like, well, he has to do something more than what he's done. So
3: <laughs> gotta love
0: it. Uh um, did you guys see this one? about texas basketball i'm just gonna ask the question first off steve did all right yeah
2: i've yeah. seen it you're talking, about the co- you're talking about the coach
0: yeah 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 um the man was arrested at four o'clock in the morning on monday uh for assault and battery to a is it? it's a family member or someone within his home um apparently it was his fiancee and Yeah, he strangled her bitter, did a bunch of all these things, I guess he got really upset about something. And um, this is a felony case now in the state of Texas, and it holds a minimum of 10 years in prison. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, you never like to see the words domestic violence um, at all in the news, and you do not want that tag to your name. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what Texas does with that, because how many, how is he new? Is yeah, this order? is guess like sec- third year, the second year, year there. No, it's oh, a okay. second.
0: It's a second year there. And there's also a player on the team that has a domestic assault charge against him as well. Like it's not a good look already that way. And the kid's been playing before until his court date, which I think was today or tomorrow. So not the greatest look. He's on administrative leave, no pay at all uh, until this is resolved. I don't think he'll be coaching at Texas, no matter what the outcome is, if he's found guilty or not guilty. Uh, I don't think he's coaching at Texas. No, this is,
2: this is one of those things where it comes back to the leadership. Like if the coach is not held accountable for what he did you know the the players see that and then it it emulates onto the players it's it's just not a good look for the organization it's not good for the NCAA and it's not good for the the whole team in general
0: not a good thing at all thank god our basketball coach is a phenomenal human being that would never do anything horrible besides make somebody run on a treadmill
4: um (laughs) treadmill. treadmill,
0: treadmill mentality boys that's that's what we got um Kevin, I want you to talk about this one cuz this is you love these two athletes and their sons are phenomenal athletes so you could talk about it.
3: Oh yeah, I mean it was a couple of days ago was it yesterday? Yeah. It was yesterday,
0: 2, two days ago. Two,
3: 2 days ago, Monday. They play so shout out to ESPN2 for always documenting all of the high school basketball at 11:30 in the evening, goodness gracious, that's so late. I could barely stay up and watch all of it. But you watched it, I caught some snippet of it. But as I was I'm saying, asleep. um, yeah, it's 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 late because it's in all the way in California. But you had for the first time playing against each other, Ronnie James and Sierra Canyon from California versus Kyan Anthony, the son of Carmelo Anthony from Christ the King High School in New York City. Uh so they played against each other and coincidentally that is one two days apart from when uh LeBron's debut to the world was all the way way back when in I want to say 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe like yeah because that at that time that was LeBron and St. Vincent St. Mary versus Oak Hill and Carmelo. And then it's literally become full circle and like their kids are on the verge of make playing professional basketball, possibly, uh, at least definitely division
4: high one. Uh, maybe, hopefully,
3: uh, Married? Did you hear me? My question.
0: No, because everything just froze on my end. Yes. Okay,
3: that's why I figured because your face just had a crazy look on it. <laughs> so that's all good. Um, but so if you can hear me now, is Bryce a sophomore or is he a junior right now? Bryce is a
0: Bryce. I think is a sophomore. Bronny yes. is a senior.
3: Yes, and Kaya and Anthony is also a sophomore in high school right now. Yeah. So um I don't have the stat line in front of me, but it was a star studded house where they had the Kardashians there. You had both Carmelo and LeBron in attendance. You had a couple of Lakers that were Sierra Canyon alum there, like Scottie Pippen and Scottie Pippen Jr. So, you know, I'm very interested to see how their journeys translate and how it plays out. Where is Bronny going? Is he just going to go to the G League? Is he gonna go to an actual college, unlike his dad? Uh, where Kyand Anthony's game's gonna go because he's only a sophomore, but definitely super interesting to to think about because we grew up seeing LeBron as that young high schooler, and now he's a freaking dad with watching his son play. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Plus, Kyand Anthony works out with a guy here in New York City uh, with the name of Chris Brickley, so I think he's gonna do pretty good um moving forward with everything um so that was fun thank you for that update kevin because i honestly just knew that they were playing and that was about it Uh, i knew you'd know more (laughs) no problem it's all for so let's talk about our favorite
3: school. I think Merritt's frozen again. This is actually funny because normally it's me. Uh, I
2: can't I can't tell if he's frozen or if that's how his face always looks. Ah, thank you. You guys are so <laughs> kind to me. I mean, that was a great smile to get frozen on. There's been yeah. bad
1: frozen faces. That was not one.
0: <laughs> well, just check out the picture that Kevin posts on, the, you know, on Instagram. And it's always a shitty picture. Oh, no. Yours
3: is pretty bad. Everybody else's is, looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. You're me all the time. Um,
0: so let's talk about our favorite school. Um, our football program is getting decimated. Oh, my God. You guys need to stop doing this to me. I can see you all moving, and I can't tell if I'm actually speaking.
3: <laughs> well, you literally – it took you, like, five syllables to say – Favorite team, and it was incredible. That's why all of us are oh laughing right God.
2: now. We all knew oh, what even you were, that was slow. Yeah, we all knew what you were trying to say, and it was funny to watch you try to say it. It's yeah. like
1: Billy Madison when we're all watching, just to today.
0: Yeah, great. Great. I'm going to yell at my wife to get off the internet.
3: Oh, don't do that. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, sir.
0: I don't really care whatever <laughs> deal with it later. Um,
1: so when can we send Neil Brown to the moon? That's the real question.
0: I don't know, but when are we, how are we going to make sure Prather comes back somehow from the transfer portal? All
3: right. So with that, you said it last week, you were like, I'm hoping Prather doesn't on this end up on this transfer list. And I'm like, well, nice of you to say that. Cause I wasn't going to mention it. And look what happened. Peter, thank you. I'm going. I am transferring into the transfer portal.
0: Dang. And the worst part is Pitts
4: number one on his list, apparently. Yeah. Oh Ugh. no! I did not know that.
2: Yep. That's depressing. That is depressing.
1: Well- that is ex- that is extremely depressing. I guess I'm just gonna have to be a Colorado fan because I would have taken anything over Neil Brown, including. I mean, if you want a good time at West Virginia, I would have gone prime time. <laughs> Dude, who I, gonna
2: get we go who are we gonna get Rich Rod? Please oh, no. Oh right. I wanted to see all of everybody's expressions as soon as I said that name. <sighs>
3: God, it's like I think I so it's funny. I listened to like some of those like. West Virginia sports podcast all the time. And they all talk about like, do we really, one of their questions was, do we really want Rich Rod? And I want to say is uh, no. I think what we want is that system that made us very happy when he was coaching. We want that back, that awesome spread where, you know, you had guys like Pat White or staying like crushing offenses left and right. It was exciting to watch as a fan. It was exciting to see in person. You know, so that's, I think that's what everybody thinks of Rich Rod. I think that's what they're talking about. But like, I don't know if I would actually really want him back after the way he did us. And he hasn't been, it's not like he's technically won ever since he's left us. I mean, Michigan, not great. Arizona, he got them to prominence for like a year or two and then pretty much crumbled. You know, so like I I would I'll pass on Rich Rod
4: Respectfully.
2: I feel like he's A name that anytime we go through this coaching Carousel and we're looking at new coaches When we got Dana Holgerson Then we got then we went to Neil Brown. I feel like that name always just Finds its way back into the conversation Mm -hmm. Whether or not there's anything behind It that name is always just put In there because that's who West Virginia fans Know and then they remember how good we Are when we when we he was here Um, But they don't really think back to the how he left us, so.
3: Yeah, because yeah. I think, like, he's also, it's like, he's a Morgantown guy, he went to WVU, he graduated WVU, you know, it's like all of, like, all the story is just sounds nice, but at the
4: same
3: yeah. time, give
4: me a guy,
1: need a proven track record, get the transfer portal going. Because, honestly, if we fire Neil Brown, all the players are moving on. Actually, I think half of them will be happy because we've seen how he's recruited early on and then continued to have a coaching carousel – or not a coaching carousel, but a player carousel if the top elite players that are coming to West Virginia are gone a year or two later. Give me Pat McAfee as West Virginia's next coach. You want an NIL deal legend?
0: Oh, my
1: God.
2: Give me that guy. Can you imagine? That'd that would be crazy. We thought that campus burned down when we were there. Can you imagine when, if Pat McAfee is running that and he is just leading our players out of that tunnel? Owen oh, Schmidt, day? offensive coordinator, I
1: mean, give it to me. The runaway beer truck. Is he going to smack his head on his helmet every
0: – play? like on a kid's helmet then? like,
1: Yeah, why not? Baker Mayfield does it every week in the NFL and – He's making millions of dollars. I think their That's head true. coach can do the same thing. He'll put the head in head coach.
2: <laughs> Vince had that written down somewhere. He had oh, that he did down, ready to go. No, no way. I was <laughs> on a sticky
1: out of myself for it, but I wish I wrote that
0: down. Don't worry, it'll be on the podcast forever. Now it'll always Good. be there.
3: Good. That'll be Instagrammable. I'm part of my clips
0: right there. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man. Well, at least the basketball team's doing pretty
2: well. Only two losses. I'll take that. I'll take the loss to Purdue too, seeing where, where Purdue is this year, that you know we, we played them tough. Um, yeah. we have, we have, what do we have two losses? Yep. yep,. And one's Purdue, and Purdue's what right now up in the We're top. One. They're one, yeah. so yeah. One I mean nation. that's our one loss. or one loss to them, and we played them tough, and then we had that one other loss, which um, was unfortunate, but I think we look great. Yeah, Neil Brown. Again, I mean, if you can't tell my opinion on
1: him, <laughs> uh, he needs to call Bob Huggins. Learn how to beat Pitt by twenty, and then you know West Virginia just be on, on his side. Be turned around hard, and your running backs crushing the game on their forty to win the game. I mean, Bobby Huggins knows how to beat Pitt by twenty this season. We clearly yeah, saw that.
3: Yeah you made a hell of a point there. Yep. Hell
1: of a point there.
0: <laughs> yep, I can understand that one.
1: If yeah. we beat Pitt in football to start our season, I think the season would have gone a completely different direction, and the fan base at no point in the first five to six weeks would have ever called for a Neil Brown's head. There's one game, like the backyard brawl coming back into existence. You have to win that game. I'm sorry, but if he loses in Morgantown to Pitt next year – I don't care how new our athletic director is. He's done. He's got to be done. If we get trashed in Morgantown next year, that's the end of Neil Brown. It has to be.
0: Well, I will I think- be trashed in Morgantown at that game. And if we lose, I might throw a pit fan over the, over the stadium. I don't know what I'll do.
2: If we lose the pit in Morgantown, I'm going to write a stern letter to the Dean asking for a check with my tuition payment that I paid that university back in my pocket. So I like my, that
0: idea. I like that so idea. I'm, I'm right? just
2: throwing it out there. The amount
1: of people that complain about it, if you, I get donation requests all the time from West Virginia University. If you fire Neil Brown and you need help paying a $16 million exit fee, I will
2: personally <laughs> write you a check and I believe 100,000 other alumni will do the exact same thing. You know Both- Vince, now that you mention it, every time I get one of those donation things, when it says leave a comment amount, I might just put X and then in the comment, Fire Neil Brown, and then I will donate. Yeah, I'm I'm jumping on this bandwagon, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my god, this is great. I mean, well, I like, mean there's a, there's
1: one person that West Virginia can come around right now in sports as like oh. a universal hate. He's taken he on the Rich
2: Rod persona when he bailed um i don't want her to try back but sure neil brown hey you need if you need somebody to lead up the 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 fight I'll, i mean i'll start the witch hunt against him i'm not afraid to start that up i'm pretty sure my last tweet because i haven't been that active on twitter
1: is sending neil brown to the moon oh my gosh <laughs> it's like
3: i will definitely say if if we get trounced can just i'm, I'm just just picture this right now say Does Merritt say Caden Prather's his number one choice? Is Pitt? He goes to Pitt, and we get trounced by Caden Prather, by him scoring a bunch of touchdowns in Morgantown. I will, I I I'm gonna first off, I'm gonna run to the top of that stadium. I'm gonna jump off because I'll just die because that would happen. And then two, I think the I think the blue lot would first light on fire, and then that fire would again seep towards spots in town and we would burn
2: the entire town of Morgantown would burn to the ground. Because the blue gone. lot would turn to the red lot very, very quick. In oh, terms, yeah. of, a, in terms nope. of a massive fire. Yes.
0: And don't forget, if there are pit fans in Morgantown, they would have to run real fast. Oh, man. Hey, but don't forget, the hills have eyes. <laughs> Thank God that was made in Arizona. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Always, it's the wrong turn. Remember, don't take the wrong turn. Oh, no,
4: my bad. My bad.
0: That's the West Virginia one. Uh, yeah, but the, that's
2: true. The, what about Deliverance? Where was Deliverance set?
0: That was West Virginia. Was
2: that, that was West Virginia. oh Yeah, because that's
3: what every all of my family, when I first started thinking about going to West Virginia, was like, Kevin, just watch Deliverance before you go. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, I was, I, my mom says, You want a banjo before you go there? And I'm like, All right, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, you ever see Deliverance? Yep. Oh. Yeah. To clarify, West Virginia is almost heaven.
1: It's one of the most beautiful states in the entire country. I do not want this Neil Brown hate portrayed parade to continue to the state. I made the joke, but the state itself, love it, love the people.
4: Not Neil Brown. Yeah. I think we're all in the boat. Yeah. He-
0: Oh, all right. Well, let's stop bashing on (laughs) Virginia football at this point. Um, Kevin, just start it off in the next segment. I got to take a second. All
3: right. Well, first, it's our normal hat segment. While Meredith is getting himself together, uh, I will go ahead and let everybody know I'm not wearing a jersey today because I was late to the podcast. Per usual. It It took me forever to get my computer turned back on. And then I couldn't find a jersey. So I wore the best thing that I could. I wore my Derek Jeter retirement T-shirt, the Yanks out here uh, in honor of our guys talking some baseball. So that's what I got. Merritt, you look like the the little alien from Toy Story. I was that I up. was
0: that for Halloween, first off. I wore that for Halloween. I had like a ski hat and the shirt, but this is from Aruba. I went, When I was down there in August, I was like, oh, look, a winter hat. And my wife's like, why are you buying this? I was like, it's a winter hat from Aruba. Who's going to believe me? <laughs> so it's the Flying Fish Bones. And like, it's a restaurant you can sit in the water while you're eating. So if you ever go to Aruba, I highly recommend just... Expect to open up your checkbook or your pocketbook or your wallet, pretty big. So yeah. Now, very interesting question. Eating food in water. We have been
3: taught our whole lives to not eat and go swimming. So, like, (laughs) how is that dynamic?
0: Because I just feel like the chair. It just like,
3: but still, the water comes up to your ankles. So what? Like, what if you fall in?
2: Listen, Kevin, if you had to ask me for my ideal dinner, you give me a hot tub and then a pizza in the hot tub and maybe a six pack. That's a nice (laughs) thing.
1: I mean, the real question is, did they bring you the check 30 minutes later? Uh,
0: No, they brought it to my mother-in-law. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like,
2: no, I can't pay for that video. (laughs) And then Kevin, going back to what you said about how Merritt looks like the alien from Toy Story, <laughs> with the with his earphone, with his headset, oh, it looks no. like the claw.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it all comes together. We got Toy Story 5 going on right now.
3: Oh my God. I love oh. it. <laughs> this is great.
2: Maybe instead of going to baseball, I should have just gone with stand-up. That would have been great. Man.
3: Could <laughs> have. I mean, you still could do it, like, you know, just go to, like, they do have the comedy shows where they're like, hey, can I get a set for, like, 10, 10 minutes? Boom. Oh.
0: Yeah, you'd be good. Be good. That's awesome. My God. <laughs> All right. So, fantasy
2: football. Anyone's playing that this, these days?
1: <laughs> right here, buddy.
2: I'm in a few. I was, at, I'm actually the Yargoat uh, champion from last year. I got a nice Ooh. little trophy in my Ooh. office. Um, But, yeah, no. Nah, few this year. I'm I'm in probably uh, so I'm in six leagues. Um, Holy crap! Yeah. yeah, so I have a lot of players going against each other most of the time, um but it's different <laughs> friends that friend groups. So I have like a, one at work. I got one with my buddies from home. I have one with my fraternity brothers back at co- back from college a couple hometown boys that I, I'm in a league with. I think I'm in half of the playoffs right now and I can't keep any of my teams straight. If I win one, it'll be it'll make up for all of them. That's but it's mainly just being a part of it and interacting with everybody and keeping keeping in touch with everybody too.
0: I thought 3 was a lot. You just made me feel like You just 3 is nothing.
2: Yeah, literally Especially when everybody's using different apps. I got 2 in ESPN, I got 4 in Yahoo. Oh. I don't know what's what. I'm picking up players in one league, and I think it's in another league. It's awful. I got six kickers on one team by accident because I thought I was in a different league, and I'm <laughs> mixing them up. So, uh, Wait, How
0: did you do that and not notice it? Why do I have five kickers already? This, No, this I is a different team. I don't want to talk about it.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you to Jalen Hurts as a Philadelphia fan. Absolutely dominating my work league. Oh, uh, that's good. I already I, I joined a third league, and I said I wouldn't do it ever again. I normally try to stick to two, um, but joined the third league in the playoffs on all three, two of which first-place buys. One pays out a winner for finishing first overall uh, in the regular season, which I love, so already have made my money back. But Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders combo in my work league is – I have 500 more points than the next closest team behind me. Oh, you're winning wow. out here, sir. So I just I just want to throw a thank you to the Canapolis Cannonballers for not knowing how to draft a fantasy football league. Um, the fact that I have Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Austin Eckler at running back, Josh Jacobs, Jason Kelsey, AJ Brown, Miles Sanders in my flex. Oh, uh, Debo is my flex against Miles Sanders. Well, he's, he's broken uh, again, so can't. He's rely broken on. again. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Like, thank you, Cannonballers, faithful. Uh, love y'all the only <laughs> thing is that the Eagles keep winning in my entire team is their prolific offense
2: so if they do not need to play in week 17 I am in trouble you Although are you better so- sin- yeah you're in trouble you better send your- Jalen jail and hurts that edible ma- arrangements real quick right now for what he did <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is not the league that pays you out
1: for finishing in first place so that's the scary part yeah but you know what it's
0: it's like the Respect and the idea of I'm going to win, so yeah, you you might want to just do something for Jalen and Miles and AJ,
1: all those guys they're yeah. carrying as an Eagles fan. I mean, yeah, watching them walk into MetLife, you know, Kev, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, watching them walk into MetLife and absolutely manhandle the Giants last week was just cool. a privilege. That all was- I know, I had to
3: work the regular job that day so I was not in the building for that my goodness I had a lot of my team that was there and boy it was a doozy not fun to be a Giants fan this past weekend because oh my lord and add in the fact that the weather was absolutely atrocious yeah Ugh. yes so my fancy team so right now I officially made two of my playoffs I am out of the playoffs in my third league, which is very sad. It's the league that Merritt and Leland helped me draft. So <laughs> sad face. Well, um, no one
0: knew Russell Wilson would suck.
3: Yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah. He rode, he rode himself into the ground and, and me into nines of the playoffs. So thank you, Russell. But right now, I'm hopeful for the uh the playoffs. I think I can win one of them. I just need some small things to go my way. I know there's one team that has like Jalen hurts and Justin Jefferson on it. So like when those two go off, like that team is a completely unstoppable, Uh, but I've been decimated by injuries. One of my teams, I had Cooper cup go down, but I still have Jamar chase. I still got Adam Thielen, and I still have, uh, Marky Brown Brown was on the coast, somebody in a little bit trouble because with Kyler out, but fingers crossed, I think I can at least get to win this round. Who knows if I get to the third place game, but we're just gonna play it out week by week. And hopefully, Lady Luck is on my side. The other league teams I'm probably could get decimated in like the second round, but we'll see how it goes. That one was completely for fun, and I remember I drafted it like on my phone and I lost service like three times. So I ended up picking like two people on the same exact team and I somehow still made it to the playoffs.
2: So, but we'll see how it goes. I could tell you who's doing well for me, but I basically have the entire NFL on all of my teams <laughs> to go across them. So I'm just going to say good job to everybody. And and I'm glad everybody's having fun playing the sport of football in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm playing my wife in the one playoff berth that i
0: got out of the three leagues i'm in you can't Uh, win that you can't you cannot beat her. is it bad that i'm projected to win by 15 points already and i blew her out last week i'm not i'm not throwing that that.
1: this was for money bro i ain't throwing nothing Mm, the repeat of the last week of the regular season is always a doozy yeah
0: yeah yeah especially when um My team for a while had Kyler Murray and then I benched him for two weeks and then he destroyed his knee. So, Kirk Cousins it is, or Geno Smith, whoever I throw in there.
3: Oh, my letter.
0: I also have Mike White, just because Mike White is a badass. I also
3: have Mike White on one of my playoff contending teams as well. Uh, Hopefully his ribs are doing better.
1: Uh, (laughs) I lost Kyler in the only league I don't have a buy-in. Kyler was my Back. So, oh, Mike White
3: for the win this week in fantasy let's football. Go. Let's go, hey, Mike, White. Mike White. Do, do. Mike White. Mike
0: Oh, my God. He, well, you know, Zach Wilson's number two now. So, if Mike White breaks another rib, you know, <clears throat> Wilson will go back in for maybe a play or two. And then Mike White will be like, no, this is my job. Take him off the okay. field. All right. We got through all the fun stuff. Now, let's dive into all the talk of baseball and some west virginia talk um that's not sports related we could potentially be sports related but we've asked every single person that you know graduated with us or graduated from west virginia especially through sport management the best doc store you got it can be anything because i don't think he listens to this so go right ahead <laughs>
3: I'm not going to lie. I feel like we should totally ask. he would be interested. In I know.
2: I should. I've done, a, I've done a, I've spoke to one of his classes before. Um, we did too. It's, it's great yeah. catching up with him. Yeah. Was, he loved it. Have all of us spoken
3: Doc's
1: class? I've not. Uh, you, did, I'm not oh, you didn't get to? Really? How did we we'll still? I, I've connected with Doc a couple times after graduation, but apparently I'm just not worthy of speaking in his class.
0: Well, just post a picture with a beard. And he'll tell you to shave every time. I can't.
1: I can't do that, my friend. Ah. That's one category I cannot do.
0: Every time I post a picture, it's always look great. Shave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Steve, I'll defer to you on the doc memory.
2: Yeah. um, So I was trying to think of a good one uh, to to think of when thinking of doc. Because there's so many great stories, but there's – Two specific memories that I have with Doc and his class and both have to actually do with the presentation that I had to give um, in his in one of his classes, because as all of you know, and, and to the listeners of the podcast here, West Virginia has a very small sports management program. Not many people get into the program. So everybody that gets in essentially to graduate has to go through Doc has to go through his class, Um, and Doc either loves you or he's going to make fun of you and hate you the entire time. Um, Luckily for me, Doc was a fan of me, and I think it was because of my presentations. The two presentations I'm thinking of is one was when we had to put together a program um, and pitch it out as a youth skills camp. Uh, And we did a kick it with kids day camp where I dressed up as the um, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Heavyweights, but I was basically essentially Ben Stiller's character in Heavyweights. And I did a bunch of dances around. I interacted with students around campus dressed as Ben Stiller's character. Um, Doc got a good laugh out of that. And I think the bigger one was in my senior presentation with him. Uh, We had to put together a business model, business plan, um, something that we would think would be successful in that day and age. Uh, Me as a young male in college, uh, I decided to open up a yoga company, a Yola Yoga Pants Company. So they were yoga pants. Um, When I told him that I was going to go around and interview about the quality of yoga pants and the best... Doc's jaw dropped to the ground in the front of the class just bewildered by is this kid actually going to do a presentation on yoga pants and I got an A so I can't complain
4: we still talk about it
2: he tells me tell the yoga, yoga, yoga pants company story to all of his classes I think I did YOLO at the time because that was a big word back then with the kids. I don't think I've said the word since college. <laughs> well, now you're just dead. How do you feel oh my yeah. 31 years old. Oh my I'm dropping god. That again.
3: I'm dropping YOLO, the Yo- YOLO Yoga class.
2: Oh. Yeah.
3: Oh my God, that's incredible. I love it. Oh, and that's
2: I a good do one.
3: and I and I would buy them because I do yoga now. So I'm all about it.
2: And I really think I have the presentation still safe somewhere of YOLO Yoga. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah.
0: I definitely have my presentation somewhere.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I have it.
0: Oh, man. All right. So, Vince, do you have any?
1: So I have two ends of the spectrum. Oh, boy. I obviously, I took a year off to work. And when I came back, that's when I had Doc after the fact. And he's like, oh, you're the kid that dropped out of school and worked a full season of baseball already. And I was like, oh yeah, it's me. I'm going to caused a ton of problems in our major because I, I dropped out mid-year um, to pursue a full season opportunity with the Blue Rocks. Uh, so when I came back, he really never gave me a hard time. He's like, you got real world experience, never had an issue with me referencing what I had already done um, with a team, like working full time in my projects, which I watched him give other people a hard time when they wanted to apply to their high school. Um, so I always appreciated that. However, like I said, I started a year sooner because I took that year off and I don't remember if you guys were with us, but did either of you go to Philly on our sports management trip or was your first trip in, in New York when we went to St. John's? We went I, to New York. I went to St. John's. That was, yeah. the, that was yeah. my senior year. Yeah, so uh, we all had that awesome trip to MetLife. Um, the year before that, though, was my first year in the program, and we went to Philly. We visited Drexel. The best doc story that not many people know cool. is that a student in the program was arrested, and Doc had to bail him out. <clears throat> so it was a kid grew up in West Virginia told us on the tour bus to Philly when we were going that he had never been out of the state of west virginia oh no <laughs> and, and the seniors went out drinking the one night and you know he stayed out he's like oh this big city this is awesome <clears throat> being in philly and we were staying at the hyatt hotel well he bar-toured his way around philadelphia that when he got in a cab and said take me to the hyatt he was closer to a different hyatt hotel and uh, had a drunken misconduct in the wrong Hyatt Hotel because he went to the 17th floor, he was knocked on his room number and thought that the guys that he was with just wouldn't let him in the room. Oh, uh, no. So the best thing I've ever seen, uh, Rashad, if you listen to this, the president of the Sports Management Club. Oh, I love uh, Rashad. Good he, man. he picked up the phone mid-conference at Drexel, and I just remember his very brisk walk to dock and the two of them walking out of the room because we were like, where's this guy at in the morning when we went to go to the conference? And then uh, needless to say, he did not come back with us on the bus and I never saw him in another class, but... Uh, that is that is my out of the state of West Virginia story about wow. Doctor that he had to deal with a student that was never seen again.
0: Wow, that was That's like it. the biggest one we've ever had.
1: Yeah, because
3: well, because you know what it is is because I mean I'm not gonna no offense to anybody previous to us like I never truthfully interacted with any of those graduating seniors. Beforehand, like my the people that I was got close with was my year, and I got mm-hmm. to know people that were after me because we all had classes together. But like I like you went on the so that was probably me and my junior year, yeah. And that was your freshman year, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I had no interaction with that senior class. So the fact that like when we didn't we don't know what anything else happened because <laughs> I've always thought our New York trip was like. The end all be all, and then I'd he- hear about like the indie trips and all, but oh
4: god,
2: those ah. those yeah, are... Vince, no, what, just, you're, I... what you're saying, Vince, is that essentially Doc, if he ever wants to get into the bail bonds business, he'd be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I, mean, sounds... got it. I can't say that the student got out, I don't know.
1: Well, all I know is he wasn't on the bus back to West Virginia. Um, no, he all got figured out, it just was a very misfortunate misunderstanding.
4: Um, You know,
1: I was doing an internship my freshman year and I went to our major and I just was like, hey, we have an intro to sports management or uh, intro to sports internship course. Can I take it in advance of this internship? I've already been hired. Um, I want to know what I'm getting myself into. Like, I want to be the best that I can be. And the next thing I knew, like, I was allowed to go on a trip to Philadelphia as a freshman when everyone else were juniors and seniors. And what an
2: experience, to say the least. The oh, only thing only that imagine. would have made that story better is if it was one of you bailing Doc out of the local. <laughs> 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 there in Philadelphia. Can you imagine him behind bars in, in Philly? Dude, oh, he would be man. telling
0: he would be teaching everybody.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my
0: God
1: no i i personally i love Doc. i've never really had a bad experience um he's i personally like i enjoy it i think that he teaches from the real world um as hard as he is on some people and definitely has gotten a bad rap with other classmates and whatnot like steve said he either loves you or hates you um i think that he always had to disliking a student it was never anything that he did um I always had her a lot. Of, I still do have a lot of respect for Dr. Jones.
2: Yeah, And he's one of the people that, you know, we're, we're still talking to him, or we're still talking about him to this day. Um, I mean, it's ironic that we have a, a female, our, um, our merchandise uh, co- coordinator, she went to West Virginia, she had Doc, and it was her and I that were on his presentation to the class. Um, and she loves Doc. Everybody, he's just had a lasting impression with, with everybody. I know that I've had, a number of professors there, from Doctor Lee, uh, Doctor uh, Professor Bravo. Um, if you remember, if you remember his classes, but but Docs is one name that I think everybody remembers because of the way he taught his mannerisms, but also his, just his lasting impression with everybody. also yeah, Did you, you grow in your career? I mean, the reality is, if you want to pull your phone out in
1: a staff meeting, like you should expect that your manager is going to call you out. And that's something that, like, our generation as we were going through college. Like, not all of us had iPhones when we got to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound old. Like, I had you know, a razor phone. <laughs> so I, I had, um,
0: I had the little orange flip phone that you typed in everything. That's what I had. The envy,
1: but, but yeah. Doc, Doc was, Doc was there for it. Like, you know, he realized what the real world was about. He called you out. Like, we all have progressed in our careers. You know, in similar situations of learning to be professional. And those people that just wanted to sit in class and be on their phone heard it from them the same way that any of us would hear it from our boss. Now, if we did the same thing in a meeting or whatever
2: the case may be, he was giving you a taste of the real world in the college setting is what he was doing Yeah, before you ever realized what that actual expectation was
0: a hundred percent. That man taught you the real world stuff that no offense to Dr. Lee or Dr. Bravo, because they were phenomenal professors but they did not teach the same way. They did not take the real world experience that doc had running his own organization and throwing it in your face when you're trying to create your own organization as a project and going, Oh, okay. let I'll figure this out. He, he brought you through it all. So those are great. I love that story events. Um, I just remember going to New York with everybody and sitting on the bus after the first night being there And Doc yelling at all of us going, where are they? And the three people showed up a little late to a bus because uh, they decided, well, we're in, what we were in Jamaica Plains or Jamaica um, in New York. Yeah. And (laughs) they decided to go to Manhattan. (laughs) That was a dumb idea. And they didn't get back to like 5 (laughs) a.m. And Doc's yelling at all of us. And we see one of them. Get out of the cab, run behind Doc, run inside, and then come back into the bus. So, and I froze on everyone else's computer, except for mine. This is fantastic.
3: Your, your look right now, amazing. It, it was. I should have took a picture of it.
0: I don't even want to. I literally saw it. I was like, and I froze. Great. Andrew will show us when he makes the
3: video. Shout out to producer Andrew.
0: Oh, great. All right, Kevin, you want to ask another question?
3: Of course, of course. So, uh, let's see here. Sorry, I'm getting old. I have to. I can't see the screen. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going off the rails with uh, this question, Merritt. Oh, geez. Um, you're going off the rails
0: so, per usual.
3: Yes, that's what I do. Right. So, you guys both work versus board teams right now. Been working in the industry for a couple of years. Give me your the first moment that you had that you're working you're working in sports moments that you had that you're like, oh wow, I'm working in sports. Like Merritt talks about his time where he had to dress up as the Sun Devil. Like I had to talk about where I had to manually screw in seat cushions for Rutgers University and their football team. So what's one moment that you
2: guys can think back to is like my
3: welcome to sports
2: moments? Yeah, my first thing that popped in my mind was in a baseball stadium. When you are walking up the stairs, there's those yellow lines, those safety lines. Mm -hmm. And I remember going around the stadium my first year and painting all of them. I would say that's it. (laughs) But I think the bigger one was it was my first year uh, working with uh, another local team here in Connecticut that I actually internshiped with prior when I was in college. Um, And the on-field host didn't show up that day. And I just stood up and I said, I'll be the on-field host. Next thing I knew, I was the on-field host for the remainder of the season. And I was not expecting that. Um, That just showed me, hey, sports, it moves quick. We need to fill in gaps. We have a time schedule. The game's in about two hours. Um, Figure things out. Problem solve." So that was my welcome to sports moment. That's a good one. It is a really good one. I do yeah. not want to be the on-field host ever again. Though.
4: Why not? You have the personality for it. You. <laughs> You'd
2: be great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Maybe, maybe in, in my retirement stage.
1: There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, very similar scenario to Merit of like mascotting. Um, I was joking about taking that intro to internship class at West Virginia. And it was funny, like our professor, Dr. Livingston, always compared. He's like, if you work in baseball, he's like, you're going to be a hot dog. You're going to be a hot dog. You're going to be a hot dog. Oh, I remember this. Dog. Yet day one, oh, yeah. I remember, like, they reached out and they were like, hey, who wants to be Rocky? And, like, in my mind, being a guy from Philly, I'm like, Rocky, like, Rocky Balboa. like. Oh, no. Sure. Like, I'll do whatever you want. Little did I know that the Blue Rocks mascot was called Rocky Blue Winkle, and it was a giant blue moose. And then I showed up that day, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be Rocky. Uh, Trying to, you know, get, get after it. And they were like, actually, you're not going to be Rocky. We want to promote dollar dog night. And they put me in a giant hot dog costume to pass out dollar dog night flyers in downtown Wilmington, Delaware. And I will never forget it. Like, his name was Frank (laughs) Footer. And I have a picture that is still like I share it every year on LinkedIn when it pops up in my memories of like my first day ever in baseball, I was literally a hot dog. And I tell people that all the time, like, I know we're going to touch on it, like what you need to do in the industry to make it, but it's just be a team player, do what the team asks, you know, you accelerate your career by being that go-getter. It's not willing or afraid to do anything, uh, but literally first day ever. Hot dog. So yeah, that was my I'm um, working in sports.
2: I don't think you can work for a minor league team without being a mascot at some point. Right. I was the mascot at point, at, at, especially in 2016 when we didn't have a season we played on the road. The only thing we really had to do was mascot appearances. We could not keep up with it without us all being it. So mm-hmm. I have been a mascot plenty of times. I know, I know Vince knows that feeling too. Oh yeah. And I personally love it. I like especially now in
1: my career, like put me in that suit. I need to get up behind my desk. I don't want to do corporate sales. I don't want to do ticket sales. Like, let me dress up in whatever you want me to dress up in. Like, specifically, like, when I came to the Kannapolis and it was an alligator, I was like, let me be a I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the best mascot out here. Frank Footer is a phenomenal name. That and, is a great that's what was saying.
4: mascot.
1: So <laughs> that, that mascot, they had a hot dog, uh, a box of popcorn, Oh, man, what was the other one? Oh, and peanut. They were the, they bought those mascot suits. They were the original mascots of Yankee Stadium. What? Really? Yeah, so, like, it was, like, it was a cool thing that, like, Wilmington went out, and I guess they just were going for that nostalgic factor of, like, you know, you're so around the ballpark mascots, in a, like, your secondary mascots in addition to your primary. And it was the coolest thing that, like, I look back on now being a baseball junkie and be like, wow, I wore the hot dog suit my first day ever in my career. Of baseball that was worn in the original Yankee stadium as a suit. That is pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. The popcorn became SpongeBob while I was in Wilmington because all of the plastic, kettle corn on the top broke so they just used the box frame definitely would be a lawsuit from Nickelodeon if they still use that now ah,
2: when, you said, when you said you got those mascot suits from the original Yankee Sam, I was like man are those the same ones they had with Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and I was like wait a second wait a second they can't be that old <laughs> they were old but I don't know if they were that old
0: oh man they pros- probably didn't smell too good either I'm gonna go with that
1: now you can't can't do anything to those suits other than spray for breeze.
0: Oh, right yeah. just put like a little car freshener in front of your nose the whole time mm-hmm. yeah all right so let's keep going that way so you guys how did you get to the level you guys are at now you know vince being the ass- assistant general manager steve being the director of ticket sales how did you guys go from that bottom tier where kevin and i started and Kevin and I both were like, no, we're not doing this anymore. (laughs) And we went a different direction in our careers. How did you guys make it from that point to
2: this point? Vince, you want to, you want to take this one first? Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I fell in love with the structure of minor league baseball business. Um, I'm not a baseball guy at heart. I mean, I love the sport, but like, as a player, I can't tell the difference between a slider or a curveball when it's coming at 85 miles an hour. So I knew I'd never be a GM or assistant general manager at a major league team. And it's so funny because you hear that every day when you're in the stadium from your season ticket holders. Like, oh, is your dream to be an assistant GM at a major league team? And the reality is, like, yeah, we can definitely transition our skills, but it wouldn't be to the same role um, at a major league team. And I just – you know, the grind, the community orientation to – making a difference in your community is definitely what has been my focus. You know, I take a lot of pride in what we did in Wilmington um, with our kids programs and my transition to Trenton um, and doing economic development and revitalizing all the little league fields in the city of Trenton before I moved on to Kannapolis. Um And Kannapolis, you know, it's it's a crazy community that, crazy is probably not the right word. It's, it's like such a tight knit community that has so much history um, in the mill like, if you ask any of your grandparents about where they bought their towels, Cannon Mill was the world leader in textiles. And um, this community, when that mill shut down, it was the largest layoff in North Carolina history. And I think that a lot of my history and like where I've gone through it is through tor- turmoil. Um, I've literally always told people that the number one thing that you want to accomplish is being that yes man early in your career. If you got to get an if you have to make sales phone calls for tickets, if they tell you, you know, we want to do a green initiative, please call every parks and rec department in the area or a Boy Scout night or a Girl Scout night, just do it. I mean, you're going to elevate your career by just being that team player, doing what's above and beyond. And, you know, to be in Minneapolis, build a brand new stadium, um, and it be that cornerstone of economic development and driver. You know, it's just kind of a testament to – I'm willing to kind of do whatever it takes. Like I said, like I got to Kannapolis and the first thing that I wanted to do was just show that the team was engaged and involved. And I still even taking on assistant GM role wanted to get in the mascot suit because I know how much of an impact that makes on your community. Um, So yeah, my, my thing, you know, a lot of words uh, said too much, probably, but uh, just do whatever it takes to get there, um, put in that grind. And eventually it'll pay off.
2: Yeah. So going along with with what Vince said, um, and I'll get into it more, but I I love the aspect of minor league baseball how close uh, not only is it with the community, but also with the front office in general, it's long hours, it's tough hours. We're out there in the weather helping with TARP. We don't have a TARP crew like the major leagues have. So um, it's basically one big family. I see my, my work and my coworkers more than I see my my own family, just in season, especially when you have those 12, 11, 12 hour days, especially with extra innings. Um, so, so it is that close knit feeling that that I enjoy and, and why I like working in minor league baseball. Um, I didn't know when I was first trying to figure out what I want to do with sports. Um, I knew that I, I loved baseball growing up. I wanted to get involved uh, specifically in, in that realm in some capacity. Uh, it was really my junior year in college when we were required to find some sort of internship for graduation. Did I wanna do an internship and and waste my whole summer? No, but it was that internship that got me my first job right out of college so um, there there's a local minor league team I grew up in Norwich Connecticut which is in southeastern part of Connecticut right by the Mohegan Sun um, for anybody that's familiar with uh, the, the geographic location of Connecticut um, originally they were called the Norwich navigators they became the Connecticut Defenders at the time it was the Connecticut Tigers and when I was looking for an internship um it came to the point where I was actually behind the eight ball and it was doing a week and I said I need to find something closer to home. Um, Luckily, they were still accepting applications. So Luckily enough, I got an internship with the the Connecticut Tigers, uh, did my whole thing there, learned all the different aspects. Uh, Something you learn in minor league baseball internships is you work in all the different departments. And Vince and I still do that to this day. You work in stadium operations, you work in groundskeeping, you work in retail, you work in sales, you work in sponsorship, um, all the different areas. So that gave me an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I just didn't know where in minor league baseball I fit best. Originally, I thought maybe stadium operations, but I wasn't too sure. Um, luckily for me, uh, that team, that same team, the Connecticut Tigers at the time right now, they're actually North Sea unicorns. they're they're unaffiliated, but they are still around at, at Dodd Stadium. Um, they gave me an opportunity to be event promotions manager right at college as, as my first job from that internship. So my main role in that was I was in charge of promotions, um, as well as my main reason of being there was actually putting together the 2013, uh, all-star game that they had there. So they had the, cool. um, the low a all-star game at, at Dodd stadium. So I was in charge of putting that all together, helping with sponsorships, travel, um, everything that goes along with, with an all-star game, which out of college, it was a huge undertaking, but it showed me, um, how hard it is to, to get into sports. But that also showed me that I like doing sales uh, in, in one way or another. So when the season came to an end, um, like all minor league teams, there's not a lot of big budgets out there, especially with low A baseball. So I knew that they weren't really looking to hire anybody on full time at the time. Um, luckily for me, uh, there was a team right up the road, a double a team called the new Britain Rock hats, which, uh, when we moved to Hartford, we became the Hartford yard goats. Um, but they had a position open in group sales and working with the, uh, the all-star game that was of interest to me. So, I applied, uh, got a job with the Rock Hats, and my main position there uh, was working with the little leagues and the little league programs for fundraising. So I was in charge of all the groups of youth baseball, youth sports, youth softball, youth football, youth soccer, them doing fundraisers and coming out to the ballpark. Um, When it came to the time that we found out that we were moving to Hartford and building a whole new ballpark there, starting a new identity as a new team, my role kind of shifted a little bit. So I became more involved with corporate sales and businesses. So you can imagine the the shift from working with youth sports teams and fundraisers to the new revenue generating of Corporations. It was the same type of selling, but it was a new type of selling, and one that I really enjoyed more, and something that is part of my job today of working with um, larger scale clients and, and those client relationships. And that's one of my favorites: that is relationships and building those um, throughout the years, and not only benefiting us, but but them as well, and their organizations and their uh, initiatives, but getting with the the yard goats and where I am now, um, it's progressed to, I still work in that higher corporate hospitality and, and season ticket base and uh, sponsorship as well. But I also oversee now the ticket sales department. We have a, a larger base ticket sales team that sells those group sales, sells those fundraisers, sells those, sells those season tickets. So it, it's my job to make sure that not only do they hit their own individual goals that we set for them, uh, but we hit our yearly goal um, as well. So uh, that's a little background. On me. I mean, I know that uh, Vince and I probably rambled on a little bit, but um, working in baseball now for ten years, um, we have a lot to talk about. So hopefully, we can we can be beneficial to the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man,
3: talk it up, talk it up. We hats love off
0: for it. you to you guys for doing that for ten years plus at this point, like. Seriously, still that's art, awesome. Yeah.
2: Still pulling hard. Love every second of it. <laughs> that's all I that matters, sl- right? The older I get, the more I might slip a disc, but I'm still out there. <laughs> nah.
1: That's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. that's what fine. health insurance is for. No. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank
0: you. laughs> all right, Kevin, you got one? You can go off yes. the rail? Are you going off the rail? Or are you staying on the trail this time? Uh, what are you
3: doing? Yeah. I, I went off the rails. I went off the rails once. I like this uh, this next one that you have. Do you did you have anyone uh, that helped you grow into the roles that you that you have now? Is there a specific like maybe mentor or person or coworker that you work with that would like was really beneficial to
2: you in your journeys moving up the ladder?
1: Yeah, Steve, yeah, take it away, man.
2: Yeah, so. um if it's okay, I, I don't just have one, I actually have a few and they kind of show, yeah. the, but they show my progression through, um, my career. So it's my, my first, um, superior Dave Skirmerhorn, um, with the, the Connecticut Tigers, he gave me the opportunity to get into the position, but also showed me that, um, even though you're young, you can move up within an organization fairly quick. Um, he was part of, uh, he was basically in charge of community relations and promotions when I first got there and within two or three years, he became the general manager of, of that team. So he showed me that even though you're young, you can move up within an organization fairly quick, as long as you put that, that time and effort in. Um, but moving on to the yard goats, there's two specific people um, that I think of when I think of who's influenced me in my role in and got me to where I am today and and had the biggest influence on me. And they're both Josh Montaneri and, and Mike Emerson. And yes, I did ask for their permission to, to mention them in this. So there's no lawsuits or infringements or anything. I didn't tell them what I was going to say, um, but I told them I'd mention them. Um, so Josh Montaneri, he's the assistant GM of sales. And then Mike. Am- Drummer Vince knows, um, maybe both those names. He probably knows Mike's name. Um, Josh uh, showed me coming into when we were the new brand Rock Cats. I had never really done sales besides maybe those little things with the Tigers and, and the all-star game, but he showed me how to perfect my sales skill, um, how to take on ownership in terms of different programs. And then he also showed me how to lead a sales team and how to be effective and generate revenue um, and and numbers and the the data side. Uh, he's the one that's really formed my sales side uh, of my my goals. And then Mike Abramson, who's our general manager, the aspect that I brought or I've learned from him uh, is more of his leadership aspect. He's the type of leader that when I see him, he's one that um, I would aspire to be. But also at the same time. I, people look up to him. He makes work fun. Uh, he makes coming to work, uh, a good time and, in, in, uh, of sales and the Mike side of leadership and then combining them to form my own identity, uh, as I go down the road of, of working in minor league baseball or, or wherever I may go, um, in life, but taking those two, um, who, who, even though they're my, they're my superiors, we've become great friends. We've gone to multiple winter meetings together. Um, we've gone to multiple multiple ha- happy hours. We've hung out in our off time. So I would say Dave Skirmhorn, but, uh, Mike Abramson and Josh Monary, uh, out to them and, and where I am today and, and who I aspire to be, uh, as a professional in the sports industry. That's
4: they, awesome. I mean, That's they
1: awesome. Both are awesome guys so yeah i i can echo uh steve's thoughts on them i mean mike specifically like just watching him speak at winter meetings and whatnot especially on diversity campaigns and different things you know i i have to imagine that working with him on a daily basis is a great feeling and learning experience for everybody around him yeah. great guy but, Yeah, I mean, same to Steve, you know, in the sports industry, especially when it comes to moving around, um, you pick up different mentors in different places, different years, Um, you know, two specifically that really stand out to me is one, Brian Radel, who, when I was with the Wilmington Blue Rocks, he was the director of sales. I was just a lowly community affairs assistant um, trying to find my way in the industry. and I really saw the impact that sales can have on your career. Um, and we all joke about it, it's like sales is the fastest way to get into any industry. Um, and Brian was the director of sales and I was always, you know, sticking my head in his office, like, Hey, what, what deal did you close today? And all those things, um, and really tried to build my career around that. Um, when I went back to West Virginia after that job, I realized like, Hey, I need to get better at sales because that's what can progress me forward. So I actually became the sales manager, the DA, um, I just wanted to learn about how to do sales. I started as a sales associate. Um, When I got back, shout out Nate McKee, one of my best buddies. I was just his best man in his wedding. Um, But he was working as a sales associate doing a business degree. And he was like, man, if that's what you want to do, he's like, I work at the DA. We do ad sales for the newspaper. Um, Definitely an opportunity to do that. And I went in like guns blazing. I, I will never forget my first sale ever at the newspaper was an alpaca farm that used to advertise in our school paper that was like 20 minutes outside of school um, that you could go and get mittens and hats and scarves. And I just was calling anybody that would listen to a WVU student, pick up the phone um, and ask them for advertising dollars. But, you know, Brian really instilled that in me and full circle of it. You know, I always turned to him as a mentor Looked for, you know, advice in my career as I was looking to progress, whether it be, hey, I got this offer. Should I take this opportunity? Do you think this is right? Um, and I'll never forget, I had an opportunity to work for a nonprofit and get out of sports. And he told me, I think that where you are in Trenton, just continue to cultivate your skills. Um, great things are going to come in the future. And he actually ended up becoming the GM of the Canapolis Intimidators that year um, and was the person that hired me and got me into the role that I'm currently in today. So it was just a really cool situation where you know he saw my potential in the future, um, grew his career, and I watched him grow it. And always aspired to do what he did. And then you know ultimately he was the person that hired me back after years apart um, and let me progress. And then uh, speaking of that community affairs role, Kevin Linton, that is my guy. Uh, he's the director of community affairs for the Wilmington Blue Rocks um, currently, and he was my manager. He was always mentor when I was an intern with that team, uh, eventually hired me on as his assistant when everybody else thought that I was a junior senior. As an intern, I was actually just a freshman, sophomore, uh, and he took a chance on me anyway. He was like, hey, you got a bright future. Uh, I told him, like, I'd love to apply for a full-time role, even though I haven't graduated yet. Uh, still hired me anyway. I'll never forget going to the first happy hour and people asked me if I wanted a beer and I told them I was 20 years old Uh, and they were all like, you've worked for us for two years. We thought you were 21 already. Haven't you graduated? Uh, And that's when a lot of people, (laughs) the team found out that I hadn't graduated. Um, But no, him and I still communicate on a regular basis. Uh, I can't wait to drive home for the holidays and see him grab some lunch at our favorite spots. But Kevin's leadership style, and this is where he really comes in as a mentor. He did so much to progress my career in the like, industry as a whole, just because he taught me to be a manager. Like he was just that person where he's like, hey, accomplish what you need to accomplish. And in your spare time, instead of finding ways to not work, like work your butt off uh, and always supported every initiative that I ever wanted to do. So in community relations, you know, By August, a lot of people pack it in. uh, And he just continued to push me to try to make a difference in the Wilmington community. Uh, And definitely for that, I thank him uh, on a regular basis. You know, he's the person that hired me. It's so funny because the first winter meetings I ever went to lined up with the day he offered me my job um, as the community affairs assistant for him. So, like in my Facebook memories, every year pops up like a five year difference between the first time I got to go to winter meetings. And the day I said on Facebook that I was dropping out of college. Um, but he's just an awesome, awesome dude. Um, and I'm really thankful for his continued mentorship, uh, in my career still today.
0: Damn, That's awesome. That sounds like some very good mentors that you guys both have and definitely people that know what they're doing and want to help develop the best out there. So that's fantastic. Um, I have one that I'm going off the rails here, Kevin, because we've talked about it before you joined. And I want to hear more about this. What are the winter meetings like? I know before we jumped on, you guys kind of discussed it a little bit, but what is it like for minor league teams? Because I would assume it's all I would, a I'm not going to
3: lie to you. I was going to cut you off to see if I could ask that same exact question. So, yeah, yes! please. I win. Please. You mentioned the winter meetings, So, yeah, like – Take us through that. Like, what is that like guys? working working for minor league teams? And like, I can only imagine like how many people you interact with in that that, that short time frame.
2: Yeah, it, it's a lot different. When you think of the winter meetings and they talk about baseball winter meetings, you think of all the players that are getting signed, all the deals that are being done. But the minor league baseball aspect in the winter meetings has nothing to do with that. Ours is mainly to... Um, to interact and to get ideas from other other teams, uh, not only to benefit our organization, but maybe to give an idea to another organization that can help them in their promotions, and their merchandise, and their sales. Uh, and basically, it's a, it's a huge networking. Um, event. There's a ton of different breakout sessions from all those different areas where there's operations, there's sales, there's um, mm-hmm. there's there's even groundskeeping down there. There's just a it's just a huge networking event of a different style that it helps me every time that we've gone to them because I've I've taken back so many ideas from there um, from other teams that we never would have thought to do in Hartford with if it wasn't for um, all the other different ideas and that's what minor league baseball is all about it's about trying new things finding what fits and and trying those at your own ballpark to bring to your fans in the community too yeah
1: no that's a that's a great sentiment to it I mean Winter meetings is just its own entity. It's got that like aura around it that you can't wait for that first moment to engage in it. Something that when you're starting in your career, you see everybody that's on the leadership team leave for an entire week and you're going to Orlando or Vegas or San Diego. You're like, man, I want to be part of that crew of people for our team that can experience that Um, and getting to do it and just seeing people like Steve specifically, like, You know, I hate that I didn't get to go to winter meetings this year and it's kind of shrunk a little bit. But seeing Steve and seeing other people that whether we went to college together, we were interns together and have progressed our career. It's definitely building that camaraderie back up amongst the people that you've worked with or the people that you admire and see in the industry. Um, I will say, however, unlike Steve, I do enjoy the player aspect of it. Like when the Yankees signed Stanton, I was at that winter meetings. I was at a Yankees affiliate you know, it was Aaron Boone's first year as the manager. So that was sweet. Um, I definitely have a video somewhere out there on the internet of chugging a beer in the background of Major League Baseball Network's uh, broadcast from winter meetings as at my first one because, you know, why not? You're on TV. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. But, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a cool environment to be at winter meetings. Um, I unfortunately didn't go this year, but one of the best parts, and it's no longer part of it, was always the job fair. Um, there's a lot of great people in our industry that, you know, took that chance to travel to winter meetings and pay to be a job seeker. Um, mm-hmm. my, one of the best people on my staff, uh, we hired in San Diego right before the pandemic. And, you know, our team wouldn't be where we are today without Walker, um, just young kids straight out of college. Merritt, I know that you watched West Virginia kicks Oklahoma's butt Walker. If you listen to this as an Oklahoma grad, I thoroughly enjoyed every moment of that football game. Um, you All know, four but, of us did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he just was an eager kid. He wanted to get out there. He wanted to meet people. He just expressed his interest in working in sports. Uh, and it's been probably one of the best hires I've ever made in my entire career, just because he's a grinder. You know, he looks to the bigger mission and he wants to see our team get better every day. And, he puts in those sales calls and emails and everything that he needs to do to progress his career and us as an organization. So it's a really cool aspect. And I got on ESPN one time because RoFlow asked job seekers what the weirdest question they've ever been asked was. And one of the kids said, uh, some random guy asked me what kind of tree I would be and why. And that is my go-to job interview question. That's actually pretty epic So what
3: I'm curious now, what kind of tree would
1: you be? Me, personally? Yeah. I'd be an evergreen because no matter the conditions, I'm always at the top of my game. Wow. I like,
2: I like that. He's he's practiced that. He's had that in the holster for quite some time. Oh,
1: I think the best answer I've ever gotten is I was hiring for a community assistant and a tree because she loves to provide for others. Oh, That's the best that answer I've ever one. gotten in my career. I like that. And I was
2: like, I was like that's, that's a move right there. Man, I don't know. I like, uh, what, what's that big one? The great, <laughs> great Sequoias. Uh, yeah, they're powerful and dominant. I'd be that, that one. That is the answer John, that I hear. The Great Sequoia. Redwoods. If, if somebody tells me, I would be a Redwood because I'm tall. <laughs> I'm like, you have zero
1: creativity. not. Maybe.
2: maybe <laughs> all right. If everybody says great sequoia, I don't know, maybe like an American sycamore or something like that, where it's I'm an American and sycamore is fun to say. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, Kevin, what kind of tree would you be?
2: Oh, uh, gosh, man.
4: That's like, I'm really trying to like. Do you know your trees? Uh, yeah it's, you that's know that's a good question you know you're rolling in a hurricane like yeah you
3: know what you just mentioned it i would be a palm tree because i like to think like i'm trying to be relaxed i'm a relaxed person at times and I can deal with the crazy. So like a hurricane, a palm tree still doing with their thing when it's crazy. But like I'm really just meant to just be soothing to the mind and be calm. So that's I'll, I'll be I'll I'll go with the palm tree.
0: I could see it being a palm tree. oh. I'm <laughs> here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Stupid internet. I'm already I'm looking I'm just so
3: happy that it's not. Happy I'm already TV. looking
0: up, upgrading my so internet. Happy. I'm upgrading my internet tomorrow. I I can't. This is so bad. So bad. Guys, right. you
3: have no idea when we first started recording this podcast how many times Merritt would yell at me because my internet sucked and I always would log off in the middle of everything and now it's going in reverse. Love you, Merritt. Just want to let you know that.
0: <sighs> I give up. I give up. I'm done whatever this is what it is all right kevin you got any other questions do you want to read off another one or
3: but what you didn't tell us what tree you were. About. oh i
0: didn't oh um i'd be a mighty oak okay
3: nice
0: i like that yeah um
3: let's see so we talked about the winter meetings so now we have
2: all There's right so this one's questions. first
3: going to go to steve uh steve Harvard is always a good team. What is it like to work there?
2: It's fun. Um, No, uh, it is fun, but... uh... we we, we've been very fortunate. Um, when we moved from new Britain to Hartford, we didn't know how things were going to go. Uh, when we first announced the move from new Britain, it was all backlash. Everybody thought, um, we're turning our backs on the city. We're going just right up the road. Why would we do that? Um, but ever since getting to Hartford and and us getting into the actual ballpark, there was a little bit of a, a hiccup in 2016 where we played on the road. Um, but, when we hit 2017 and on, um, it's been unreal, the response in both the community and in terms of from a way that Vince and I look at it from a revenue standpoint, uh, just a, a couple bullet points that I, I like to hit on when, when talking about our team. And this is, our, our team as a whole that that is putting this show on. This is from our front office. This is our ushers, our cleaning crew, our concession workers. Um, it, it's without them, we wouldn't be able to hit these numbers. And a couple of the ones I like to touch on are um, so we're the number one sports team uh, in Connecticut. Uh, we, we don't have much to rival, maybe as I mentioned to Mayor and Vince earlier, maybe UConn in terms of their basketball and, and football, which is, is getting slowly better um but we, we are the number one sports team in Connecticut in terms of revenue and and fan uh, attendance um throughout the season uh, we average about 6000 fans per game uh we have 69 games uh throughout the season so i think last year we got over 400,000 people into the ballpark in 2022 uh through the 69 games which puts us t- towards the top of the eastern league attendance um and in terms of all of minor league baseball i have the right capacity uh in terms of the size of our stadium so some people think yeah there's a triple a team they're killing it they can get more people in the seats but in terms of getting people into the ballpark with our capacity um we have the highest percent attendance based on that number um and it wouldn't be without the community and our our community base that we could do that um i go around to different sporting events i'm out in the community and i'm out just Getting groceries, and I see yargoats apparel everywhere. Um, our marketing is fantastic. Mike Abramson heads up our our marketing throughout the year. Uh, he, he what he does is is unreal. Um, the way that he uses his humor to market to the community is uncanny. I mean, he there's one when the Portland Sea Dogs come into town. There's a billboard that says Socks in the City. People read that think it's hysterical. He's got other ones where uh, it's a clipping on a billboard. It says, cut this out for beer at the Argoats game. One of the best ones that he's done um, is a billboard. It is a static billboard, so it doesn't change. Uh, it says this billboard changes daily, <laughs> but with it being a static billboard, it does not change daily. And I catch myself looking at that every time. And I've been with people in the car that have said, that's that sign is still there. I thought it changes daily. Um, so his the marking that we have, the, the fan base that we have, the merchandise, the apparel, um, just everything that we're doing right now, we're rolling in all cylinders and it's a really fun time, uh, to be a part of it. And usually after five, four, five, six years, you start to see maybe a little decline because that shiny new ballpark aspect starts to wear off, but we've only seen it going up and, uh, I, we don't see it slowing down anytime soon. So if you're not on the Yargos train yet, better get on, or you better get off the tracks because we're we're coming in, baby. <laughs> I love oh, it.
0: I'm 100 on that track. That that is a fun team for
2: sure. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll get your uh, addresses after this. I'll send you you all some apparel, and, and you guys can wear it on one of your podcasts coming up.
0: Oh, we and Vince,
2: Vince, you can wear it at your new ballpark and show everybody how cool our logo and our merchandise is.
1: I'll send you ours too. Uh, uh, a <laughs> deal.
2: deal. we
1: we're, we're all I'm all about it. I'm all
3: about supporting my friends out yep. here. So Since send yeah. it. Me and Merritt are gonna wear it. Um Vince, we have a separate question for you as well. Um, and I have another one to add to go off the rails again, Merritt, if you don't mind. But I think it'll be a fun one. Vince, so you know you had a new part, you got a new team. What like, what's the feeling of watching something come from like the ground up? You literally watched like you mentioned you you got a new stadium like what's it like to like like how's that feeling when you see like man we just watched this like be built and now we're a stadium now we're gonna be a team that's playing in here
1: yeah I mean it's been the coolest experience that I've ever had in sports um I I tell people all the time I remember flying to Canapolis when they were trying to convince me to take the job standing in downtown there was no businesses on the street. The day I got there was the day they started the infrastructure uh, for the downtown businesses. So they were tearing Main Street up, new plumbing, new electrical, new everything uh, in the stadium where it stands today. It was a pile of dirt. And everybody just kept telling me to have vision. Um, and I was like, visualize what? Like, there's nothing here. Um, but after talking to people with the city, talking to different community leaders, um, everybody was just so excited to see the, com- the town come back to life. Um, They took us to Cabrera's Brewing Company, uh, the best beer in town, and then took me to Smoke Pit, the best barbecue in North Carolina. Uh, And I was like, yeah, I could live here. I could do this. Um, So I had that vision. But no, it's such a cool thing, you know. Just the economic development aspect behind our ballpark, you know, the city really saw it as a vision factor. They built us as the sports and entertainment venue. That's what they were pitching as they were, you know, putting the ballpark into play. And it's a cool factor now that the ballpark exists. You know, we've more than doubled attendance from the old stadium that we were at prior. Um, this year, our goal is to more than triple attendance that we had in 2019. Um, before the new stadium opened and our ballpark is actually open as a public park, 363 days a year. So we have over a million dollar playground and splash pad inside of the stadium that kids can come to. So if you come into our ballpark at noon on a Tuesday in July, there's like a hundred kids climbing on the playground. It's a three story ropes course, um, kids running around on the splash pad, which gives just an actual increase in exposure to our sponsors, which they love, um, you know, we did 45 Christmas parties last year between Thanksgiving and Christmas and our luxury space. So we truly do try to cultivate, you know, just additional foot traffic for our community. So the people that haven't come to Kannapolis in a long time use the ballpark as kind of a reason to come, they come downtown, they see all the awesome boutiques, the new brewery that's in town. Um, we're currently in the process of building a seven story apartment complex in the outfield that'll house our team headquarters, um, a brand new brewery and, barbecue restaurant that the team will be a part owner of and our team store and ticket office. It's just, it's awesome to see a community come back to life. I kind of mentioned it earlier. Kannapolis is used to be home to Cannon Mills, which was the largest textile producer in the world. Um, Unfortunately, they came home to the largest layoff in a single day in North Carolina history, where 4,400 people lost their jobs when that mill closed. Um, And it sent the community into its own great depression and just to be a part of it and take pride in seeing that community come back to life, all the rebirth that we've had. Um, If you turn on ESPN two on Christmas day, you will see our ballpark host the American kennel club uh, dog national frisbee event. And it's just, it's been the coolest thing. Like we hosted the fastest dog in America on the ballpark field. We've hosted Corey LaJoy, who's a NASCAR driver, his celebrity kickball event where NASCAR broadcast it live. And it was on every major network Um, but to, I'm getting ready to visit my parents in New Jersey and to know that I could turn the TV on, flick on ESPN2 at three o'clock and watch our ballpark be highlighted on a national stage hosting of all things on a baseball field, dogs, catch Frisbees. Um, it's just cool factor to bring, you know, that amount of visibility back to a market that hasn't had it for a long time. So that's, that's that's definitely the pride and joy.
0: All right. I have a quick question. That's how many times have you played on the playground and played in the splash pad? Be honest once
4: ah, oh, see
1: there you go and i went down the, i went down the slide and broke my leg i'm one of two incidents <laughs> on the on the playground
2: that's why he went once no <laughs> <laughs> no but you know vince brings up a a couple awesome points there in terms of just minor league baseball how we are just we are more than just baseball um like like vince we actually hosted some somewhere with the ESPN with the the dog show so it, it's it's amazing the things that you can do with the ballpark um because a lot of people just think, "Oh, you're you're done after the baseball season." Well, a, a lot of our revenue is actually generated through non-game day events. When the ballpark's not in use for baseball, it's being used for walks. It's being used for fundraisers, um, Christmas parties. As Vince's ballpark's being used right now, basically every night there there's a Christmas party. There was one during the day while, while I was at work. I was listening to Mariah Carey uh, out in the out in our club while I was trying to make some sales today. So. Um, it, it, it really is just bringing the community together um, in all different aspects, being more than just a, a baseball team. And it's to a more thing that Vince said, watching a team come from the ground up like he's done. And then like we did in Hartford, where we were trying to make our own identity. Everybody thought saw us as the rockets from being part of something that just came from the ground up. Whether Vince and I are with our respective teams years down the road, we'll still know that in the back of our minds that we had something to do with building that ballpark and that team and that organization within the community up, um, from, from nothing. Yeah.
1: And I know Steve knows it because, you know, everybody was like, what's a yard goat and they've built such an awesome brand. But when we announced our name, I mean, our name, like aspire, the old name, the intimidators aspired from Dale Earnhardt senior because Canapolis is his hometown. And it was such a name that so many people took pride in, pride in, and it was a hard transition to go through, but you know, we've transitioned to Cannonballers, you know, I mentioned Cannon Mills was the driver of our community, which obviously is where the Cannon and Cannonballers comes from. Um, You know, our color scheme is the North Carolina state flag. Our mascot has an integrated star just like the flag does. Um, There's so many things that go into that. And our community has shown so much pride. When I first started in Kannapolis, I barely ever saw our brand out in the community. Um, And now I like, I remember my wife can tell you that we would walk through our community and somebody would be walking their dog wearing a Cannonballer shirt. And I just would like light up. I'd be like, oh, man, like people bought Cannonballers gear, even to the point that in 2020, it was a tough year. But we sold more hats than any other minor league baseball team. And we had the number one selling hat in all of minor league baseball and it was such a cool turnaround to see hey it's not just canapolis it's not just our community that are really resonating with the brand it's the entire country it only took us What's crazy is we sold in 72 hours after changing the name of the team the same amount of merchandise we sold the entire season prior wow that's incredible yeah and it only took a game and a half when we finally opened to the stadium to sell the same amount again so it's, like, it's just been such a cool turnaround. I mean, people wear Cannonballers gear everywhere. People have that pride and, like, namesake in it. Um, I, I I love it. I love everywhere I go. When I see a Cannonballers hat somewhere, it, like Steve said, it's, like, when you build a brand from the ground up, not just the baseball stadium, but the brand itself, um, you take so much pride in being, like, hey, like, we talked about the mustache changing from a curly mustache to a flat mustache, and his face not having his tongue out to being a smile or not being there at all. Um, it's just all those little intricate details that you see and you take pride in that make minor league baseball so great. Because when was the last time that you remember seeing like a major brand switch other than like the Arizona Diamondbacks? I I'm trying to think of like a different brand in major league baseball yeah. that's changed in the past twenty years maybe Tampa Bay, but, you know, minor league baseball means so much to its community that, you know, a lot of people take a lot of pride in that.
2: Yeah. And and going through minor league teams, you see, the big thing with minor league baseball, everybody talks about how kooky and how crazy the team names are. But if you actually dig into each of the names of all those minor league teams, there is community roots to it. And there's a reason behind each of those names. Um, it, it's just, it's just funny because you see all those outrageous logos but there is really meaning behind it and as vince said the the communities just take great pride in in what they have because a lot of these are small they could potentially be smaller communities that don't have a lot to 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 brag about or to have pride in so it's what they identify themselves as as, and that's why vince and i are here and and giving them that uh that joy and that something to root for too Mm -hmm. awesome love it so you guys
3: talked about like merchandising and branding um Your logos, in my opinion, are probably two of the coolest ones out of minor league baseball. So I wanted to know, since your time with each of your teams, which, like, logo or, like, brand thing that you guys have created is one of your favorites. So, like, Steve, like, I see on the website now, you guys had a shirt that said, want fries with that, and then... You have like a Los Chivos logo, and then Vince like I see your one where your cannonballer. Instead of him being like straight, he has like a superhero one. So I was curious which one is like one of your favorites that you guys have had.
2: Uh yeah, so going along with those, so the the fries one um, we play every year uh, one game or two games as the uh, the Hartford steamed cheeseburgers because the Steam Cheeseburger is something here in Connecticut that um, we like to to brag about and promote. So um Vince, do you guys have any sort of food team logo yet or do you still working on something like that? Uh May fifth, twenty twenty three. Oh we we just dropped we we just just got some knowledge to drop. Yep. little soft plug. See, um, so you see we're even helping each other out even yeah. across these screens here. Um, no. So that's that one. The Los Chivos is part of the Copa um, initiative that minor league baseball has. I love that logo um, mainly because I love the baby blue color. So what we use that for um, and how we utilize it, that's, that sells really well, but it also is great for the community and the the. Different aspects and the heritage that it brings with it. Um, my favorite thing we do, I mean, our logo, I don't know if you can see it here, but oh, it's on this side. So it's a goat head with a baseball bat through it. That baseball bat, we can change and put different items. So, like for Star Wars night, we've put a light. Oh, that's there. so cool. Uh, yep. So now that it's Christmas time, we put a candy cane. Um, oh, that's awesome what what else have we, we we've put in a cowboy hat on the go it's just a an awesome logo that i can't pick a favorite one because i would say my favorite one is the next thing that we come out with um that's the that's the right, best way tom brady it. i just <laughs> thought of that too Vince.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah i mean it, it's just such an our logo and what we can do with it and, and the response that we get through our merchandise There's so much options that I I think the ideas are endless and it's going to be cool to see what we can, what we can do with it. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I mean, to echo Steve's point, like just the value that you have on building your own brand and making those changes. Like when we went through 2020, it was one of the hardest years that we've ever had. Shout out to Myrtle Beach for doing the t-shirt in Durham. Myrtle beach was unflocking believable because they're the Pelicans Dur- Durham being the Durham bulls. They did a t-shirt that said, this is some real bull shirt. Um, and I
2: remember that that was awesome. That was, yeah, I remember you know, seeing that one. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we were a brand new ba- brand. And I was like, you know what, like this is to be completely honest, it's completely a money grab. It's like, Hey, we're trying not to lay really staff off. We're trying to do everything we can to still stay relevant in the community. We don't have seasons this year. And I was like, cannonballers. I was like, let's do a t-shirt that says 2020 real kick to the ballers. Um, And I remember it was a fight with our staff. Like, do we do it? Do we not? We haven't ever played a baseball game with this brand yet. Like, do we do something like that? Um, And we ended up producing that t-shirt and sold out in like 72 hours to the point where like, we didn't reproduce it. And we were like, we're going to do this again at Christmas with a long sleeve. Uh, and within the first day of re-releasing the t-shirt, cause there was so much demand we sold out of 2020. This is some, this is a real kick to the ballers. Um, oh, no, you know, awesome. it's just different things like that. You have that flexibility to do. Um, personally, this logo is my favorite, the roundel um, with our, with the boomer flying through the sky. Um you always have your primary and your roundel and your alternative logos that you can do uh different iterations of but i definitely i like this bad boy uh and just like the clean look of it um yeah i mean i'm excited for future things to come like i said uh Jiggy with the piggy festival one of the largest and well, they did it last year. I hate it. We're excited to line our games up with that. Shoot fireworks, the concerts that it brings downtown, uh, and maybe something cool is coming. But I'll just leave it at that. um mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's it's awesome to be able to build brand around your local community. Love that. Love that.
0: Awesome. All right. I'll, since we've been doing this for two hours, I'm going to ask. You want the
3: next question, sir?
0: Yeah, I want to ask the the last one here. Um. I think we've already got the advice for college kids or anyone looking for a potential job in this, but what's the most memorable part or your favorite part of your job so far being in your seats now or when you started?
2: Vince, you want to take uh, the lead on this one?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, most memorable nights of my career been working with the pediatric brain tumor foundation um you know we've talked about making a difference in our community which is the impact that you can have being a part of it um i've shaved my head four times now raised a ton of money for that um we do start at night now at the cannonballers which is another pillar um a fun you know started i talked about kevin linton being my mentor and really Aspiring to every, like pushing everything that I wanted to do, and one of the things was the guy that founded Chase Jones, who founded the um, Versus Cancer Foundation, who was like a former UNC baseball player, got stage four brain cancer. His team rallied around him. They shaved his head, um, and he just sent emails to all the community relations people in minor league baseball. And I was like, this is such a cool initiative. I, really my I think that's going to be so cool. And we were able to raise $20,000 um, for that foundation. And um, the team shaved their heads still rem- like the most memorable manager I've ever had um, is Vance Wilson, because he really rallied and pushed the players um, to participate in that. He shaved his head. He's a former catcher for the Detroit Tigers. Um, and every year after that, I always like push that as my mission that that was one nonprofit station. I was like, Hey, we have to bring this back. This is such a cool thing. It just builds so much camaraderie amongst your staff. Like when you're sitting there shoulder to shoulder with somebody while they're getting their head shaved to raise money for, you know, a nonprofit organization and watching people in your community, inviting kids out at that, you know, from the children's hospital. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing better about our jobs than the impact that we can have on local families and people in the
2: community. Yeah. And, and kind of to touch what Vince had talked about there in terms of the the family and the communities, um, in terms of my most memorable moments of working in, in baseball, um, I have one side that's like professional. And then I have another side that's more of a personal side. Um, in terms of professional, like Vince, something that is huge for the families and huge for the community. So we have a, a few nights in April. Uh, we had two last year. We're having three this year. Uh, it's called our most improved um, this is where we send out uh, a letter to all the schools to nominate students as their most improved, uh, and the meaning behind this program is that it may not be the student that improves most in the classroom in terms of grades, but someone that may not necessarily be recognized um, by by the, the faculty in the school I- in general. Um, it's awesome to see these kids get out there, their families come out, uh, the kids get a free ticket to the game. Um, the, the amount of family members that come to support these kids as they're on field and their their faces are on the big screen and they're waving <laughs> is unreal. Um, the fact that we've had to go, on from, go from two to three and potentially four in the future just shows these kids that don't get recognized because it, most times in school, you're getting recognized for grades. Um, these kids are finally getting recognized in front of all the fans. They get to go on the field, they get to interact with the players, and then it shows the kids how much support their families give them by all their families coming out, taking pictures. Um, It's just an awesome experience and something cool to see uh, year in and year out. Uh, In terms of personally, my favorite experience is just Growing the relationships within people that I've worked with. I've gone on uh, going into a team that I knew nobody. It's turned into uh, lifelong friendships that I've made through them. I've been a best man in one of my coworkers' weddings. That's now a friend. Um, I have more friends than coworkers uh, with the people that, that I work with now. Um, so making those friendships and those relationships along the way uh, ha- has been awesome to watch, as well as not only with people I work with, but also clients. I, I have a number of client relationships that I've made that um, I may or may not have been able to play a couple PGA golf courses because i made such great relationships with them that um, I'll, I'll take moving forward with me. But um, it's those personal relationships that's also huge uh, and memorable to me, um, along with meeting Stanley from the office because I'm a huge office fan. But I wanted to add <laughs> that one uh, in on the end. So he's a, he's a really cool dude. That's awesome. That's all I got. That's all. That's it.
4: You got something, Kevin? Oh. No, I was waiting for,
3: for you because you, you were talking and I was interrupting you.
0: No, my, my Internet is lagging completely tonight. So I'm just going to walk outside and freeze and become an ice cube at this point. This is pathetic. Um,
4: <laughs> God damn. Um, no, that's all. <laughs> fun times fun
3: times so i mean did wait did we get vince did we get your answer to this question we did right
0: yeah
3: oh man so cool i'm I'm, we're out here (laughs) god Uh, no we're not we're not doing that uh, mary i don't have anything else what
0: i was talking about how you said we out here yeah
3: um so yeah a lot shout out to the technical difficulties today it happens But um thank you guys for coming on I'm with it um Merritt, do we should i just outro us out
4: yeah let's get us out started. this, this actually really, really is actually really really great this it. is a
3: great photo all <laughs> right so before i outro us if you said to outro us your uh frozen spot was just like this and you're just looking up to the ceiling
2: just have, just just like have your editing guy just cut it right there yeah. yeah and a quick zoom in on that face and that's how it ends
3: yes Andrew when you listen to
0: this you know
3: shout out to it. you
2: yeah all right Um.
3: so outro time so again Steve Vince thank you guys for coming on do you have any all of your Instagram handles that you would like to shout out, shout it out now if you want.
2: Yeah, uh, no, thank you guys for having us on Instagram. You see, again, um, I know that we've been talking about doing this podcast for a while, Merritt, so I'm glad we were able to, to finally do it. But, yep, so Instagram is just at Steve Mech, and that's mech with two K's. Um, go ahead, give me a follow, I'll follow you back. Uh, yeah, go Yargos Instagram and. And
1: so, Unders Happy to follow you. It was a player jumping on with you guys. Uh always great to catch up. Talk Meyer League Baseball in West Virginia. Fire Neil Brown. <laughs> Love it. All right. Always, always so, a pleasure, boys. Yes.
3: So I will go ahead and out throw us out. So for those that are listening, please continue to listen to us. We're available on all of your streaming platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on Amazon. Continue to watch us and watch all the technical difficulties we had on our YouTube page at The Manly Musings Podcast. Make sure you follow Merritt at his Instagram at Merritt underscore P. Follow me at KCueva624. Also follow along with our podcast Instagram, which is The Manly Musings Podcast. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys again. And for those listening, good night. Happy Wednesday.